section 117 of italy france spain and portugal this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc the world story volume 5 italy france spain and portugal edited by eva march tappan section 117 the queen and her superintendent by mrs m g quincy sleeper charles the second was proclaimed king october eighth sixteen sixty five at the age of four years he was so sickly and so improperly treated that he was ten years old before he was allowed to put his foot to the ground he never really reigned the royal authority was exercised during his youth by his mother who was unfit for the task and afterwards by ministers who regarded their own interest rather than that of spain in sixteen seventy nine charles married louise de orleans niece of louis the fourteenth of france she was in her eighteenth year and was charming in person and manner her eyes were large and dark full of animation yet sweet in expression her eyebrows were finely arched her lips were rosy and her thin long hair was of a dark chestnut color she danced gracefully and was a fearless rider she hoped to marry her cousin the dauphin heir to the french crown and to remain in her native country but she was sacrificed to the supposed interests of france when she first saw her future husband she was for a moment too much surprised to salute him he was tall and sufficiently well shaped but he had a sickly complexion and the gentle expression of his eyes did not make up for his wide mouth and hanging austrian lip his dress too was doubtless unexpected by the lovely french girl being a close short-bodied coat of gray cloth velvet breeches stockings of raw silk and a gray hat his hair which was ridiculously long was combed behind his ears the queen made her public entrance into madrid on a fiery andalusian horse her riding habit was heavy with embroidery white and crimson feathers waved from her hat which was looped up at one side by a diamond clasp from this hung the wonderful pearl called peregrina and on one finger she wore a diamond thought to be the finest in the world but no one minded her jewels so winning was her face and so easily did she manage her high-spirited steed the procession was as dazzling as silver and gold satins velvets and precious stones could make it it passed under triumphal arches through streets hung with tapestry and adorned with sculpture 
or set out with characteristic ornaments the streets of the furriers were lined with stuffed tigers and bears and that of the goldsmiths glittered with little angels when the queen arrived at the great court of the palace she found it surrounded with young men and maidens who were crowned with reeds and water-lilies and represented the rivers of her new kingdom others represented the provinces and all offered homage in their name there louise was received by the king and queen mother at night there were displays of fireworks on the following day the king and queen went to the church of our lady of atosha in a carriage built like a triumphal car as it was evening when they returned the city was illuminated the plaza mayor seemed all ablaze the buildings were lofty having five rows of balconies one above another and three thousand torches were fastened to them various amusements followed especially that of the chase at one of the latter the duke de infantado who acted as royal huntsman led the queen as if by accident to the pleasantest part of the forest where some little streams kept the grass fresh and thick a canopy of gold cloth was stretched beneath the trees in the boughs were monkeys squirrels and fine birds boys clothed in fantastic garments and girls dressed as nymphs and shepherdesses offered refreshments in elegant dishes to the world the lot of louise seemed to be all that could be desired but it was in reality far otherwise she was a slave to rules and forms which were all the more burdensome because they were useless the king had given her a fine andalusian horse which was not fully broken she mounted him in the palace court when the animal reared and threw her from the saddle her foot caught in the stirrup and she was drawn along the ground it was a crime to touch a queen of spain and doubly a crime to touch her foot charles was motionless with terror and no one at first dared to aid her two spanish cavaliers at length sprang forward one seized the bridle of the horse while the other raised her majesty then hastening home they made preparations for departure the count of pinacranda however approached the queen and explained to her the risk which the nobleman had run equally surprised and shocked she turned to the king and begged their pardon which being granted messengers were instantly sent to the cavaliers who arrived just in season to prevent their flight to a foreign country it was the royal custom to provide each queen with a superintendent of her household called camarera mayor who held almost entire control over her daily acts in this case the superintendent was the duchess of terranuva she was sixty years old 
pale and wrinkled in face lean and skinny in figure with small sharp eyes a harsh voice and a furious temper she seemed to desire nothing so much as to make the queen uncomfortable she was always stealing slyly about hiding behind curtains and listening at doors and convenient cracks she would not permit the queen to look out of the window or to speak a word of french she even killed with her own hand two beautiful parrots which louise had brought from home because they spoke that language and abused her french dogs at every opportunity the queen's french attendants all left her unable to bear the ill treatment which they experienced for more than a hundred years her predecessors had been expected to retire to bed at ten o'clock in summer and at nine in winter louise often forgot the hour when her woman would while she was still at supper without saying a word take down her hair and draw off her shoes to hasten her departure fresh from the elegant amusements and the tasteful life of paris she was refused the pleasing gaieties to which she was accustomed and was dragged to the court amusements which she loathed the long spanish comedies wearied her and she was violently ill from seeing two of the combatants in a bull-fight killed by the enraged brute yet even this was not the worst she was compelled to be present at an auto da fe footnote literally act of faith the public declaration of the judgment passed by the courts of the spanish inquisition and the infliction of the prescribed punishment End note. celebrated in the plaza mayor the various ceremonies of which lasted from seven o'clock in the morning till nine at night one lovely jewess about seventeen years old stood close beside her and begged of her for mercy will not your royal presence she cried bring some change to my dreadful fate consider my youth and remember that this concerns a belief which i drew in with my earliest breath the queen wept but was silent she could do nothing she did not indeed see the actual burning of the twenty jews which took place after midnight but the horrors of that day remained long in her memory king charles was temperate and mild but irresolute timid superstitious and extremely ignorant he did not even know the names of some of the more considerable towns and important provinces of his kingdom and in the war with france sometimes pitied the emperor of germany because he believed him to have lost cities which had in fact belonged to himself as he advanced in years he shut himself up more and more in his palace with his favorite dwarfs and his menagerie, which was large and valuable he loved his wife who did her best to amuse him 
and whose sweetness of temper was unfailing but he was often cold in consequence of the hints of the duchess who endeavoured to make him jealous of her at last louise procured the dismissal of the fierce old woman who departed in a storm of rage she was happier after this as the new camomera was kind and respectful but she had still many annoyances she was to receive about sixteen hundred dollars a month for her personal and household expenses but six months sometimes went by without her receiving a copper and she was obliged to borrow even for her charities public affairs also became daily more hopeless not only were the demands of foreign governments for debts long due them disregarded but officers of the army and even governors of fortresses in vain tried to obtain the payment of their salaries the soldiers of the royal guard struggled with beggars for a morsel of the bread dealt out by the convents couriers could not leave the capital for want of means the grooms in the royal stables who had received nothing for many months ran away and left the animals unfed money was wanted for the daily expenses of charles table great families were compelled to melt their plate and in several parts of the kingdom men perished daily from hunger to so low a point had misgovernment sunk this once powerful and wealthy country queen louise died in sixteen eighty nine after a reign of nine years she had borne cheerfully the sacrifice of all her early hopes and had shown in the difficult position in which she had been placed patience fortitude generosity and good sense after her death charles married maria anna daughter of the elector palatine and sister of the reigning empress of germany and the queen of portugal she was not beautiful like louise nor did she dress as tastefully she had fine fair hair which she wore in many plates and which she filled with ribbons and feathers until they spread out almost enough to balance her enormous hoop she was not subdued by spanish gloom she laughed heartily at the court fool and when reproved by her husband she replied that she could not help it and that the fellow must be removed if she must not seem amused by him charles died in the year seventeen hundred he was the last monarch of the houses of austria and closed the native line of gothic sovereigns he left by will his throne to philip duke of anjou grandson of louis the fourteenth ten or twelve decaying frigates formed at that time the navy of spain and the art of shipbuilding was almost forgotten the army consisted of twenty thousand men without pay clothing or discipline robbers and murderers prowled about the country and haunted even the churches 
unpunished charles the second left his crown to philip of anjou grandson of himself and also of louis the fourteenth of france to prevent the union of the two kingdoms an alliance was formed against france with the object of placing upon the spanish throne charles archduke of austria the duke of marlborough and prince eugene of savoy fought for the alleys and won some famous victories blenheim ramillies odenard and malpacket for thirteen years the war raged then by several deaths charles became emperor to permit him also to rule in spain was out of the question and the war came to an end philip was left on the spanish throne to rule as philip v but with great loss of spanish territory for gibraltar and minorca were ceded to england while milan sardinia naples and the spanish netherlands fell into the hands of austria the editor end of section 117 this recording is in the public domain